Dude, listen to Rugby Ranter Banter, episode 197. Eddie, it's over to you. Shady's Eddie Stevens here. I'm in my shed. The time is 11.50 something a.m. That's my, uh, something. Um, you're going to have to forgive me. I'm a little bit out of it today because it was a, uh, I went to a Halloween party last night and, uh, didn't even stay out that late. Had a bit to drink, not that much, but my problem is I don't really drink often. I drink only on special occasions and a big Halloween party with my coworkers is what happened last night. And that is the kind of thing that I like to get fired up for. And traditionally, uh, the company I work for has mega um, parties. And I'm not going to say who it is because I don't want to get in trouble because typically there's tons of drinking, all free and eating and sex and cocaine and prostitutes. And that were no prostitutes. That was a lie. But every, everything else was is real. Um, that's the way it's always been until the last couple of years. Now, I don't know if you've experienced this in your life, but I'm in my forties. I just turned 44 and I'm a firm believer that in order to stay young, you have to keep acting young. You have to keep living young. That's why I'm still reckless and immature and can't get my shit together because I'm a young man. I got my whole life ahead of me. I don't need to fucking settle down, knuckle down and work. I'm just here to have a good fucking time. Eventually, I'll get it out of my system and I'll be able to actually mature, grow up, start living like an adult. But in the meantime, that's how I operate. Unfortunately, all of my friends or the majority of my friends are about my age, sometimes even a decade younger. But even in their early 30s, they do not share my philosophy and uh, they're just turning into old sacks of shit. And I hate it. So what used to be a really fun, crazy party is now pretty lame because most of my friends didn't even show up. In fact, really none of my friends showed up. Not not like close friends that I hang out with regularly. And it was a Halloween party. It was just the most fun party. Um, as I said, free alcohol, free food. I was in the most outrageous costume ever. Because remember, uh, if you if you live in England... Um, I'm in the US and they take Halloween very seriously here. And I was in the sluttiest, gayest costume I've ever worn. Um, my date went as Peter Pan and I went as Tinkerbell. Um, and I tell you what, I may have said this to you before, but generally speaking, when a man, an average man, when he dresses as a woman in any way, you ever put on a dress? I'm sure you've done it at some point. It's none of my business, you know, and your your um, motivation for doing so is entirely your business, not mine or anyone else's. But at some point, you've probably put on a woman's dress or um, your girlfriend's bra just to see how it fits you. Whatever it is, you look at yourself in the mirror and have you ever looked manlier? No, because the contrast of the fe- feminine clothing and a masculine body really accentuates how masculine you are. So I was in this little fucking tutu um, and a green crop top and big pixie wings, you know. That's pretty much it. But my God, I've never looked more ogreish and uh, um, muscular. I actually looked fucking great. I wish I could get away with wearing that costume all the time. But anyway, I got sidetracked there. Um, I go to the work party and, um, eh, Normally, these work 
get-togethers, I'll leave at about midnight, one in the morning even, sometimes, and I'll usually have to get a ride because I'm wasted. This time, I had a couple of cocktails left at about 10.15 p.m. And, uh, you know, it was all right. It wasn't, like, horrible, but it would have been... It wasn't like it used to be with everyone going crazy because they've all given up. They're all tired. Uh, I don't want to do that. I'm just going to stay home. Literally, they got nothing to do. They would rather stay home and do nothing than have an awesome party. What is wrong with everyone? We're only 18. Um, but anyway, really quickly, before I get um, get to my main point... Uh, side note, I was at the party and I went into the, the bathroom, the toilet, to take a piss and look at myself in the mirror and admire myself. And while I was pissing, there was some artwork up on the walls and uh, they're these small paintings. And I don't know much about art, right? But they're just paintings. They're not bad. They're not amazing. They haven't blown my mind. But the price tag below them, every single one of them said $100. And these are like four, these are like four by six inch paintings, small and a hundred dollars. And I was going, I looked at it and I thought, is that, an, is that, I see this all over the place. I don't know what it's like where you live, but I'll go and you, you go into a coffee shop. They'll have paintings on the wall from anonymous, well, not anon, anonymous, but unknown artists, nobody famous. And it'd be like a hundred dollars, $250, $500. And I'm like, is this something, is this normal? And then I thought, wait a minute, is the $100 price tag actually a part of the art piece? Do you follow me? Is it possible, and if this, has, if this isn't the case, it's a great idea and I would like to do this, for a painting to be mounted on the wall with a price tag that says any amount, $100, $500, whatever, but the price tag itself is part of the art and it's expressing the absurdity of the cost of a piece of art. And then I would like to take that piece and put it in an art museum, an exhibit. And then someone would say, oh, $100 for this painting. Yeah, I'll buy that. Okay, that'll be $2,000. What? Yeah, no, the art piece is called $100 painting, colon, the absurdity of the cost of art. Now, am I crazy or is that just the most brilliant thing ever? Because I'll tell you what, I've, I've expressed this idea to multiple people and no one has even, every, they've all just sort of walked away. Like they haven't really even let me finish my sentence. And I, I follow them and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Is that amazing? Is that amazing? And at best I get a slightly scared. Yeah, that's, that's good. Um, I need to attend to the other customers behind you in line. Please leave the store. Um, anyway, I thought that was interesting. Uh, what the fuck was I going to talk about though? Oh yeah. Yeah. How was the rugby for you? How was the weekend's rugby? Cause I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what I watched the third place playoff between England and Argentina. After that, I intended to watch the world cup final and every match of the premiership, but things did not work out the way I had hoped for reasons that I will now tell you after this brief musical intro. It's Rugby Ranta Banter, episode 197. Let's go.
I cried today. I did. And not because of some bitch-ass hoe. All right? Not this time. Never again. No, no, no. I cried today, just for a second, just for a, a fraction of a second. No actual tears, okay, because I'm too bloody manly. But I had one of those <laughs> moments. <laughs> um, because I recorded the best 20 minutes of Rugby Ranta Banter. I know you've heard this all before. I know this shit happens all the time. But this time, it was very special. A special 20 minutes of brilliance that I can I can never recapture and my laptop died because for some reason the cable that connected to my do you know what my laptop's just fucked that's what I've realized um somehow it was a low power connector low power charger I don't know how or why I mean I bought the fucking thing recently there's electricity flowing through it, but apparently it wasn't enough to charge to keep my laptop. Um, the, the, the ratio of energy in to energy out in the form of the, what I was requiring of my laptop making this podcast um, was unfavorable. And the laptop died and the 20 minutes of perfection is gone. And that's wrong. I'm very upset. I'm very upset. It's actually hours and hours since I uh, did it because uh, I couldn't handle it. It's a five nineteen p.m. and that's my time. You know, God knows what time it is where you are. Um, that's how long it's been. Uh, what a terrible waste of of uh, quality rugby pod. But you know what? I'll go back over everything. I'll do my best. I don't really remember everything I said because it was very free flowing. Um. Let me check my notes and see if there's any kind of clues here. Uh, let's see. I did my little intro. That was saved. Okay. You heard me talking about art. My brilliant idea for art. Let's see. I'm going to talk about the third place playoff between England and Argentina that I watched. Okay. And that'll be interesting. But before that, um, now I don't know if I even hinted at this in the intro because it's been so long and I've already said everything I'm going to say. So I'm sorry if I am repeating myself, but I'm probably not. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the, um, what's the word? What's that fucking word? I literally used it. It came to me instantly when I did it earlier. Um, oh Jesus, come on, ADHD. Come on. It's a basic, simple word. Etiquette. The etiquette of talking about sporting performances, talking about matches, talking about games, whatever your sport. Since you're listening to Rugby Rant Banter, I assume you watch rugby. Unless you're one of these strange people who uh, likes to have me on in the background while you're doing your, you're going through your paperwork, whatever, you're sitting there listening. It's a familiar voice. It's soothing. It's not threatening, is it? And you're um, doing whatever your bullshit job is. And then every now and again, I talk about rugby, which you're not interested in. And then you get to tune it out and get some fucking work done. You know who you are. You know who you are. You know who you are. Okay. Um, but for the most part, 99.999% of you watch rugby, right? And sometimes you know, and I know, it's not possible to watch the, the match that you want to watch live. But thanks to the miracle of uh, modern technology, um, we are able to watch the fucking game whenever we bloody want, aren't we? 
I'll watch it in a year if I feel like it, but don't you dare re- spoil the result for me. And that's the thing. There is an etiquette that we have. Obviously, a year is pushing it. But within 24 hours of a, of a game, you don't tell someone that you know enjoys that sport what the result of that game is unless you know that they have seen that game. Do you know what I'm saying? So this is this is I'm going to tell you and I know you probably already know this, right? There's a correct way of finding out if someone watched a game. First thing, if you're texting, you text them, did you see the game? And you don't even use punctuation. I don't want to see a question mark. I certainly don't want any bloody exclamation marks because I can figure I can figure out everything from any unnecessary uh, uh, punctuation. You say, did you see the game? If my response or if the person's response is no, I haven't seen it yet. You don't even fucking reply to that text. You don't say, OK, you don't say, oh, wow, let me know when you watch it. Holy shit. What a game. No, you say nothing. You don't speak to that person until they text you again. If they never text you back, assume they don't want to be your friend and they never want to see you again. And that's it. It's over. Move on. Now, if it's in person, I'm going to tell you what you do do, and then I'm going to tell you what you don't do. Okay? What you do do, do do, is you say, with no inflections, no, um, no, uh, losing, I'm forgetting the word again, no tone whatsoever, monotone voice. You say, did you watch the game? Like a robot. And if they say yes, you go, holy fucking hell, wasn't it great? Wasn't it great? Or, okay, but if they say no, you say nothing and you leave. I don't care if you're in your own home and someone comes to visit you. You ask them if 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 they've seen the game. If they say no, you leave the house and you hide in the bushes until they've left. And then you can go back home, right? I don't care if they're having sex with your wife. That is what you do. You don't fucking give away the result is what I'm getting at. And what you definitely don't do is what my brother did to me, my younger brother. He's my younger half-brother, actually. Um, so can't be fully trusted, but still. Um, and by the way, he's my younger brother by 21 years, 20, 20, 20 21 years. Um in fact, I've taken a call to calling myself his grandbrother. <laughs> um, what he said to me. So bear in mind, this is on Saturday night. It's the day of the World Cup final, South Africa versus New Zealand. Now, if England were in the final, there's no way I'm not watching that live. I'm watching it live. I don't care if I have to kill someone in order to do it, although I can't even imagine a scenario in which I would have to, but I would do it. I would do it because I need to watch that game live, mainly because I know that by watching that game, I will have a magical influence on the match. I will be able to will, wish the ball to do the things I want it to do. I can get the conversion in a little bit. Now, I know what you're thinking. Eddie, what about your Shider's touch? Aren't you going to fuck everything up for England? Shouldn't you never watch England? Trust me. I know how the Shider's touch works. And in a game of that magnitude, I'm fully focused. Nothing's going to slip. I am magically fully harnessed, strapped in. Don't get sexual. This is magic. And, uh, like, for example, the, the, the semi-final against South Africa, I watched that live. And... Everyone was surprised that England played so well, but I wasn't because I am the reason that they almost won because of my magical 
influence. I don't want to say I'm I do not want to say I'm 100% responsible for how well they played. That would be unfair. I'd say I'm probably 33.7% responsible, okay? And if you're thinking, oh my God, is Eddie serious? Is he insane? No, of course I'm not fucking serious. But can we just have some fun? All right? The point is, I like to watch the game live, and I like to pretend at the very least that I'm when I'm by cheering England on, I'm having an effect. And you don't know. I could be. So don't fucking get all up in my face about, ooh, the power of prayer doesn't work. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know where the fuck I was going with that. Anyway, I did not get a chance to watch South Africa versus New Zealand. And that's just a fact. And that's sad. But it's okay. Because I didn't really care who won. I mean, I didn't... Re- I kind of wanted New Zealand to win, but... Ugh. You know? Ugh. So it's no big deal. But I was going to watch it that night, Saturday night. But first, I had to go to a birthday party. Whose birthday party, I hear you ask? Mine! My own birthday party is a joint birthday party. Um, it was mine and my girlfriend's. She has the same birthday as me. Um, and my brother's is a week after mine. So we often have to do joint things so neither of us gets all the attention that we really want. But it's fine. So anyway, I go. it's at my mother's house. So we go over to my mother's house. I walk in. My younger half-brother, not the one whose birthday he's sharing with me, he wouldn't have mentioned it because he understands sports etiquette. But my younger brother, he is American. He doesn't understand rugby. He doesn't understand sport. Sports, as they call it here, in general. He doesn't watch any sports. Now, he greets me. Not with, hello, or, oh, happy birthday. And I go, it's not really my birthday. That was a few days ago. And he goes, yeah, it was a fucking birthday party, isn't it? I'm going to say happy birthday. Well, all right. I mean, I'll accept it. Good. None of that. Instead, he greeted me by saying, South Africa won the World Cup. He yelled it at me. And you know what I did? I screamed, you fucking cunt. You fucking cunt. You fucking cunt. You fucking cunt. And then my, um, my, uh, my girlfriend escorted me over to a chair and sat me down and held me going, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And I said a few more fucking cunts and then I calmed her down a little bit and I said, My brother was very apologetic. He said, I'm sorry. You know, I am only a half-brother, so you can't expect complete loyalty. And I said, I do understand that. And you know what? That's okay. Don't worry about it. I only have to wait another four fucking years to experience a World Cup final again. Now, isn't that unbelievable? Isn't that unbelievable? Isn't it just... I mean... And by the way, it wasn't the only spoilage of the weekend. Okay? Um, I had some banana bread that my mother made that it was all natural so it didn't have all the preservatives and stuff that you would expect if you bought it from just the, the shops and I put it in my fridge and it went bad and I found that out that was one another spoilage and also the Rugby Brethren somebody uh, in Rugby Brethren uh, said, uh, reported in our, in our group chat the score of a of a match in the Premiership and I went ah oh, you fuck oh, spoiler alert and uh, I'm sure they were. their response was probably something like, well, come on, this is a rugby group. We're going to talk about the fucking games. We're not going to fucking check with you every time, you you um, twat, you know? Uh, but I didn't find out because I just left the chat and didn't look at it for about 48 hours. And then 
I started watching the rugby, the premiership, on the rugby app. Is that what it's called? The rugby network. It's bollocks. Anyway, the commentators, I don't know why they still do this. I don't understand it. There is no excuse. They give away the results of matches happening, happening simultaneously to the match that you're watching. So you'll be watching, for example, I don't know, uh, Gloucester versus Saracens. And then they'll start giving you the score of Bath versus Leicester or something like that, right? And you cannot watch rugby without these fucking cunts giving away the results. And it's ridiculous because I surely I'm not the only person who likes to watch more than one rugby match. Surely. Like, I watch a match. I, I, I like to watch. I like to try and watch every game of the weekend. But guess what? This weekend, I watched half a match. That result got ruined, not by the commentators. That was actually uh, me being stupid and going on social media by mistake. Another match got spoiled the same way. A couple of them got spoiled by commentators. And then I got sick of another one. And then I decided, you know what? This weekend's dead for rugby. I'll tell you, the the, 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 the culmination of everything I know about the premiership uh, this weekend is I watched a little bit of Bath versus Leicester. And uh, I said, Mike, here's my notes. MFB, exclamation mark. That means Mike fucking Brown. Um, oh, I even said... Yeah, abandoned because they were spoiling Quinns versus Bristol. Never mind. What? The Rugby Network ruined that result. I don't know what that meant. But I'll tell you what, Mike fucking Brown, I already went on about him last week. Isn't he Isn't he a treasure? And then I got some notes on Gloucester versus Saracens. Uh, the first thing I wrote was uh, Mako Bako. <laughs> Uh, the second thing was Gloucester, seven from seven this season, two from two in the Premiership. So they obviously had five matches they won in the Rugby Cup or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, then I put at 16 minutes, lank, lacking continuity due to constant handling errors. The next note says Zach Mercer's skinny arms. Where'd he go? Because Zach Mercer's in my fantasy team and he disappeared and I he must have gone off injured and I missed it. Um, and then I wrote, this is more like the series we know. And just wait till they get Farrell, George, Daly. Is Malins at Bristol now? And Dan back. Am I forgetting anyone? That's everything. That is everything I wrote down about the premiership this weekend, which is bollocks because there is nobody more um, committed to the premiership and reporting to you on the premiership in podcast form than me. I've been, I was making, I was trying to make premiership, midweek premiership podcasts. I'm into it, man. The first two weeks, I saw pretty much everything, didn't I? Um, now, you know what's annoying me right now is I know there's a really funny, cool thing that I talked about earlier that I didn't get to, um, that I didn't get to, that I forgot about. I can't remember what it was, and I need to be able to do it. Someone keeps knocking on my door, even though I'm podcasting. I had to podcast in my giant um, housing shed. Whoever's knocking on the door, I'm podcasting. I know, but it's obvious, right? It's my daughter being mean to me. Anyway, um, let's see. Shall we? Oh, wait, no. While I'm ranting, because this would be very rantery. Um, oh, yeah, really quickly on the on the World Cup final. I didn't watch it because I don't want to watch it now that I knew the result spoiled to me. If it's a one-point win. It would, probably would have been really, really fun to watch. The only thing I want to mention is the two cards. Was there more than two cards? Maybe. I don't fucking know. I tried to watch it. I watched, I think, the first half, but I was 
paying very little attention. I was very distracted. But I did see the Frizzell yellow card. What the fuck was that? What is going on? What are they talking about? I mean, Wayne Barnes explained it very clearly, but I still don't understand. So he was rucking, and he fell on someone a bit, like happens at pretty much almost every ruck. And because the guy got injured, it's a yellow card? What? What? Like, I watched it again and again, the replays, because they kept showing it. And I'm like, how is that ever given as a card? And I didn't even know you can't land on someone. Why can't you land on someone? I, I mean, am I being stupid? I thought that was bizarre. One of the weirdest cards I've ever seen. And then the red card that people seem to be, some people uh, think it was controversial, was one of the clearest reds ever, by the way. Um Oh, and on a side note, while we're talking about bloody red cards, I want to say something. Earlier in the World Cup, I was losing my mind because out of nowhere, completely against the trend of of um of awarding red cards. Does that make sense, that sentence? Completely opposed to the way in which um tackles have been refereed, where the slightest hint of a high tackle was is a red card. That's how it's been over the last season or two. And in the beginning of the World Cup, um, a Portuguese player, a prop, did a flying headbutt on a, I think it was a Georgian hooker, but I could be wrong. I could easily be wrong. Maybe it was a Portuguese hooker that got headbutted. The point is a, a third, tier, third tier, a second tier, a third world <laughs> fucking prop tackled someone by flying headfirst into like a head-on-head tackle with no mitigation whatsoever. There was no drop in height. You, if you might remember me going on and on about this, and then there was another tackle that was just a massive high shot by, I think it was a Tongan, right? Um, and neither of them were red cards. I believe one or both weren't even yellow cards. And I was completely blown away. I just couldn't understand it. And I expressed so to the rugby brethren in our rugby brethren group chat and it wasn't that I'm upset that there's no red card, because I hate red cards. They ruin matches. I'd love to find a way not to have them. And generally, 99.9% of the time, the player that gets a red card doesn't really deserve it, because it's always an accident. Always, isn't it? Unless they're insanely reckless. Maybe sometimes they deserve it. But anyway, my point was not that, oh, I want red cards because this is dangerous. I don't give a shit about the player fucking safety. What I give a shit about is it's not even about consistency, although to a degree it is. It it it's about consistency in that I just want it to make sense. That's all I want. I just want it to make sense, and it made no sense. And the rugby brethren told me, King Shidus, rugby pod God Almighty, told me essentially to shut the fuck up, go away, called me Squidge Rugby called me other mean names and said, where's Eddie gone? I want Eddie back because this guy's a cunt or whatever. And, and I was like, that made even less sense to me than the, uh, than the lack of red cards for those insanely high tackles. But those same rugby brethren were freaking out in this final because Eben Etzebeth, Eben Etzebeth carried into someone and kind of lifted his forearm a bit, which I couldn't give a fucking shit about. Hypocrisy. 
hypocrisy, blasphemy, um, um, hypothecary. That one didn't apply. I couldn't think of anything that even remind uh, that even rhymed. Remind, I am retarded. Let's move on though, because I got real nasty and upset about that. Um, let's move on to something else that upsets me. James Haskell, James Haskell, who I hate. Um, God, that was terrible. I, I was, I was working on a on a James Haskell, and or I can't actually get it right now. Well, so, it's almost there, isn't it? Wasn't it almost there? I'm going to come back to you on that because I think I can do a very good James Haskell. Sometimes I'm scared that I sound slightly like him, and I do not like his voice. But I have been very openly, outwardly, um, opposed to the very existence of James Haskell. He annoys me. He is a massive, massive narcissist and twat. Okay. Everything's about him, and it, it, there's no doubt he's a shitty person, right? But um, I had another disagreement with the rugby brethren because what happened? Oh, it came out that he was being mean to his wife, basically telling her um, she was upset about some stuff. You've probably seen the James Haskell stuff. I'm sure you have. Bottom line is he was being a bit of a twat to his wife, and now they're divorced. Now, yeah, what a prick. I read the comments and I thought, yeah, he's a twat. He's a twat. Um, I know about him making a sex tape 20 years ago. I don't really give a shit about that anymore, but that was a twatty thing to do. There's no doubt he is a twat, but I saw a tweet where someone was talking about it and the number of people jumping in to talk shit about him nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. Now, here's the thing. Everyone in the Rugby Brethren, everyone feels like well, it's James Haskell. He's a cunt, so he deserves it. But to me, it's sort of like the death sentence, you know? It's like, I'm opposed to the death sentence, not because I want psychotic murderers to not be dealt with, but because I don't want a system in which we kill people, because sometimes the people who don't deserve to get killed get killed. And that's how we feel about can- cancel culture, okay? And that is what's going on here, is that the scum of the earth, which is almost everybody on Twitter, they smell blood. And yes, the, in this incident, it is a twat, you know. But, you know, having said all that stuff about James Haskell, I don't know him personally. For all I know, he's a bit of a tw- Well, he's definitely a bit of a twat. But he might be a decent guy deep down and he's just compensating for having a small penis or something. I don't know. Um, and the, And the danger is when you decide, oh, let's just let everyone go all in on on this guy because we personally don't like him well then you open you know next time it could be someone you do like or it could be you and people are coming for you and your friends are going oh this isn't fair but then other people are going it is fair because he's a twat and i don't like him and everyone knows he's a twat and maybe you are a twat but that doesn't necessarily mean you deserve to be cancelled now is this there was some discussion in in the in the rugby brethren chat is this cancel culture or is it just a pile in? Well, that's how cancel culture starts. You don't just get canceled, you know. And I don't know if James Haskell is important enough to be canceled. It might not be. It might not really resonate and reverberate enough in in terms of his profession for it to make a big difference. But I just, I'm just philosophically, or not philosophically, I am just uh, morally opposed to this kind of thing. Like, don't get me wrong. Say, I hate that guy, if you want. Yeah, say, ah, he's a prick. But, you know, but people bringing up the sex tape from 20 years ago. People saying things like someone said, 
oh, he's friends with Mike Tyndall. It's like, oh, hang on, Mike Tyndall didn't do anything. So now you're trying to drag him into this. Um, and then the idea, which was hinted at, that he shouldn't be working. Well, the problem is, if he's not working in rugby, he's going to be a DJ. Is that what you want? I don't give a shit, actually. But anyway, I don't like this idea that because he's a bit of a twat who just got divorced, um, we should try and ruin his life. And, and we'll see what happens. I have a feeling it is going to get really nasty for him because it looks like that's where it was headed. Um, but, you know, he is. A, I, mean, it, I mean, if it's going to happen to anyone, I suppose I'd like it to be him. But no, I don't take pleasure in things like this happening. Um, let's just move on, shall we? I don't know why you're so upset. Um, let's talk about that third place playoff, can we? Because that was really fun. England versus Argentina. Now, first of all, I just want to say something. How much, or really ask a question, pose a question to you. How much has Steve Borthwick's stocks risen since the start of this World Cup? Now, I would argue they have skyrocketed. Now, if you're a pessimist, or maybe you just know what you're talking about, you might say, no, 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 no. We have so many problems. This was one of those weird fucking back... <coughs> Excuse me, I'm choking on semen. One of those backs to the wall, against the odds, do or die fucking, we must, we must, we must performances by England, where they they put every ounce into these into that semi-final against South Africa and pulled out a performance that no one was expecting, including South Africa, which is why South Africa underperformed and it made England look better. You might say that. But I say this now, and 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 I you know, you could go back over my previous podcast and call me a hypocrite, but I'm not a hypocrite. I'm just adjusting, I'm adapting. And the other thing is that's in the past. It's all in the past. It's irrelevant now. Don't even look back. We must go forward. We're on a journey with Steve Borthwick. Um, I would argue that it takes time. And, and a lot of people have said this to their credit, you know, and you know who you are if you've said it, and I've disagreed with you, and I hold my hand up and say I was wrong. Steve Borthwick has a, a vision of how he wants to play and what he thinks winning rugby will be like for England. And it wasn't ever going to be a rapid um a rapid and a swift journey to uh playing exciting winning rugby it was going to be ugly it was going to be difficult but through adversity like we faced in this world cup we would get there eventually and i think he's done that now this could all be undone very quickly you know if in the next six nations england come bloody second to last or even last um, or even third, wherever we come, if we look like complete shit again, and he's making weird, weird selections, like the Billy Apollo one, I don't want to bring it up every episode, but that is the biggest question mark for me over Steve Borthwick, is the, is the continual selection of Billy Apollo. It just doesn't make sense to me. I'm sorry. Um, so it could all go wrong, but I feel, and I expect you feel, a thousand times more optimistic about England's chances of actually playing some good rugby. And um, we'll see. We'll see. But let's go over that third place playoff against Argentina. Because I was absolutely certain we were going to win this from the get-go. And it actually got very rocky, didn't it? It was very close in the end. But it shouldn't have been. Because at half-time, the only reason Argentina were even in the game was some fucking atrocious officiating. Not so much by the referee, but but more the, the, the touch judges and the TMOs getting involved. Um, 
we had some line out errors, which was, you know, we had Theo Dan, who fucking carried really well, looked really good half the time and not so great the other half of the time, and his line out throwing was a little off, right? Um, there was that, and also another thing I have to hold my hand up and say is I've been a def- I've been a um, big supporter of Marcus Smith at fullback for England, but after this match, I have to admit he kind of looked like a ten playing fullback in that match, and that's not a good thing. He looked a little bit not physical enough, not confident enough. And it's just one game, but you know, he had that match against Fiji where he got manhandled a little bit and it's not looking like I, I think I'm switching back to let's just keep Marcus Smith as a fly off. And in my mind, it's Owen Farrell and Marcus Smith. I'm not as big of a George Ford, Ford fan as everyone else because I feel like George Ford is a great a great player, a great fly half. But he kinda does what Owen Farrell does but not quite as well as Owen Farrell. And then he does what Marcus Smith does, but not quite as well as Marcus Smith. Now you could argue, isn't that the perfect blend? It's one way of looking at it. I look at it as we got one fly half that is a consistent machine of a fly half, a warrior, a fucking world-class international 10, nothing too fancy, but he always gets the job done. And that's Owen Farrell, by the way. And then we have a much more exciting attacking fly half in Marcus Smith. And I kind of like to have those two options. But George Ford is there as another option. Um, But yeah, the officiating was fucking insane. I mean, that one try, and you'll know it as the try, the Argentinian try that came from a forward pass. I know it in my little head as the Argentinian try that came as the result of a forward pass and a blatant tackle off the ball in the build-up to it. Now, I, I, it's too long ago now. My, my memory is, is uh, not good enough to, to recall who got tackled and who made the tackle. But in the build-up to that try, there was a very clear case of an Argentinian smashing an England player completely off the ball and I was like oh there we go that's going to be a that's an obvious penalty no one saw it not even the TMO how they were calling everything else out do you know what I, I'm just going to do it. I usually apologize and I say I don't want to be like Razzy Erasmus but this seemed like it felt like it, there was some kind of fucking bias it felt like there was some kind of bloody conspiracy against the bloody English team I mean the amount of involvements by the TMO that went against England. And, uh, and and again, I don't, I don't think it was necessarily the referee's fault. Nick Berry, the racist referee, um, I thought he refereed the breakdown really well for both teams. It's the first time I've seen a breakdown refereed well in this whole World Cup, I think. But yeah, um, things got weird with the TMOs getting involved. And, and then there were some other decisions that weren't great. I'm just going to look through my, my notes really quick so I don't miss anything. Um, Oh yeah, early in the match, I wrote nothing wrong with that England scrum. Not that the commentators would have let you know. That's the other thing. Um, the the commentators that I had on uh, Peacock in the US, they're these, I don't know if they're Australian, I think they're Australians, they might be Kiwis, I'm not good at telling the difference, but they, they, they've been biased, they seem to be biased against the England team the whole World Cup. I mean, they got excited about every little thing Argentina did. And the only thing they got excited about with England was Sam Underhill because it was undeniable. You couldn't help but say, good God. And that's another thing I have to hold my hand up and say I got wrong. I didn't think Sam Underhill should have been in that squad because he's been out injured too much. He's barely played. And I was like, 
it's too hard to play at this level. You can't go into a World Cup. Certainly you can't go into a World Cup third place playoff, which usually you think of as dead rubber, but it was very different this time, wasn't it? You know it was. I know it was. The England team, the Argentinian team, they took it. It was like a World Cup final for them. And it felt it like that to me. I was really, really, I really cared about this match. And I think it's because Argentina had a lot of pride at stake after being humiliated against uh, New Zealand. And England had a lot of pride at stake because they needed to show that they could back up what they'd done against South Africa. And I think both teams were successful in this sense. Um, but yeah, Sam Underhill, fair play. Like you got to, I, I, I got to hand it to him. He is a tackling machine. He is a, I hate to use the term, test match animal. And the cream just rises to the goddamn top, doesn't it? And you put him out there, and he fucking performs. He was amazing. Um, some low points in this match. Um, first of all, from Argentina, Michael Checker losing his shit constantly in the stands. I know Razzy Erasmus does that, and yet he still wins. But to me, I just look at someone doing that, and Checker's worse than than uh, than uh, Razzy in that sense. Just the whinging, the non-stop. He's always been like this whining and squealing and clapping his hands and slamming his hands and oh what the fuck is going on he's absolutely i I find it pathetic like it's it's embarrassing um speaking of embarrassing ben young's pussying out of taking a a, a relatively easy high ball do you remember that incident ball's coming down you think he's going to jump for it he kind of just flinches and sort of kicks at it that was bad and another fucking embarrassing moment and you know i'll give him the benefit of the doubt and hopefully he'll be teased by his teammates for this non-stop but ollie lawrence who i love he in the late in the second half towards the end 78th minute he tried to milk the shit out of a penalty i can't remember exactly what the incident was but there was no foul play, but he grabbed his face and fell over dramatically oh i'm hurt it was the most it was one of the most obvious cases of diving that I've seen. Diving and acting I've seen in an England shirt. Uh, rugby, that is. Um, unbelievable. Uh, but some great performances by Sam Underhill, like I said. That Ben Earl, again, was amazing. Uh, uh, let me look through these. Who else was great? I thought Ellis Genge had a good game. We had some issues in the scrum at the end again, didn't we? Um, I think we did. Uh, who else played well? Oh, Freddie Stewart was great, wasn't he? Oh, so good. Yeah, Marcus Smith, not so good. Has to be said. So anyway, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that, I think. like It feels like a lifetime ago now that England were in the in that third-place playoff. Um, but let's just leave it at this, then. Let's just say I'm a lot happier at the end of this World Cup than I was at the beginning of it within an English rugby context, not within the context of my own personal life, which is a bloody nightmare. Follow me on Twitter at Eddie Stevens with an extra S at the end. Follow me on Instagram at Eddie Stevens Massive. Follow me on TikTok if you feel like it at Eddie Stevens Zero. Follow me or subscribe for the love of God. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, Rugby Rant Banter. I'm going to be putting out a new video there. I'm a little bit behind on that. I'm sorry. And if you want, you can follow me on Facebook, Eddie Stevens, just Eddie Stevens, with a PH, God damn you. Um, 
Uh, but I don't really do anything on Facebook, do I? Nothing at all. Sometimes there'll be something on the story that's shared just automatically from Instagram. But anyway, thanks for listening. And uh, I'm sorry you didn't get the first 20 minutes I did that was goddamn gold. All right, bye. Yo